Let's go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. Hey, podcast listeners. This is Al Martin. Welcome back to Making Data Simple. As always, we appreciate you being here. Uh, get us some feedback on almartintalksdata at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And please, you know, rate us, tell us how we're doing. We'd appreciate that as well. Today, I have Emmanuel Letoza. I hope I got that right. He'll tell me later. But he is the co-founder and director of Data Pop Alliance, which is, a, which is a global coalition on big data, artificial intelligence. He's also a visiting scholar and fellow at MIT. And interestingly, he is a political cartoonist. So, Emmanuel, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. We're going to have a lot of things to talk about, given your background. Welcome. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, thanks to you. I should also mention, because uh, it's, it's, it's very well or very much due, that you've got a postdoctoral in, on big data and human development at MIT, a PhD in demography and, and population studies at University of California, Berkeley, MS, it just keeps on going, man. <laughs> MS International Affairs, uh, MS Applied Economics, BA at Political Science. You, you'd like to have been in school forever. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I did spend uh, quite a bit of time in school, uh, both in France uh, first and then in the, in the US. Uh, total, I don't know, maybe you know, ar- around 15 years, I think. Um, but, but I did do other things in, in, the, in the meantime. Uh, yeah, like worked. I uh, also had kids and yeah did a bunch of, of things including cartooning also well i figured that and we will talk about the cartooning but uh i guess the most important question i have right now is do you sleep at night do you have any fun whatsoever or are you just going crazy all the time on on all your uh degrees and the work and the kids and everything else um well i try to sleep but no yeah to be honest i, I haven't slept very much uh in in uh yeah in in this life um, just, you were looking for a date and, and then uh, you just decided to decided to say this life huh well fantastic we also have something in common congratulations by the way six weeks that's thank you. that means you are truly not sleeping i've got three daughters of my own uh they're a little oh, bit older yeah, right likewise, now yeah. but uh yeah i so we should talk we, we we could have a podcast on that alone i think Yes. You know, we're as not to get off on a, on a tangent here real quick, but uh, speaking to my daughters, you know, we have all this. Where are you located right now, by the way? Uh, New York. In, in New Brooklyn. York. So we at this point in time, this is like coronavirus week where, you know, everything's being shut down. And I wonder how all these actions and, and maybe you have data on this as we're going to get into it, but all these actions are going to really uh, be beneficial because um, I get home last night and, you know, my, my daughters, you know, all three of them are in college and they've been next week that, well, they're on, they were on spring break this week. Next week uh, they have gotten the week off and then they're going to go to virtual like most colleges. Mm-hmm. Have. So I get home last night. The first thing I say to my middle daughter, I said, Hey, what have you been doing all day? She goes, Oh, I went to the mall. And I said, oh. Uh, <laughs> you're supposed to have social distancing. That's what this stuff is all about. And her immediate response was, eh, I use hand sanitizer. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. I just wonder, I mean, I, but I think I, re- I just represented like every kid in America. So I, I don't know how this is going to work. We'll have to see. 
anyway, so look, wow, what what an uh, eclectic skill set, and I, I say that with um, you know nothing but uh, a praise. Let's start with let's go reverse order and start as a political cartoonist. How did you get into that within all your 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 technical uh, acumen that you have everywhere else? You, you, then you also draw, huh? Um, yes, I mean so we, we were talking about our our. Our kids, so all kids draw, and uh, so I used to draw as a, as a, as a kid, um, and, and just contrary to a lot of people, I, I never stopped. So I kept on drawing and doing um, like comic strips and, and cartoons as I was growing up, and then so I was sort of like the um, the political cartoonist of the high school newspaper, and then at university, um, and then um, and then so I, I really started. Um, so I organized in, in the mid-90s, uh, so I was about 20, and I organized um, a debate. So I was doing a lot of cartooning, but sort of like a bit for fun. And I organized a, a debate in my, in my school uh, about uh, censorship and self-censorship, uh, in, in like press censorship and, and, and uh, self-censorship, with uh, people from Charlie Hebdo, so the, the, the magazine where there were the, the terrorist attacks in, in, in 2015. And, uh, and so I, I, I got to draw live with one of the cartoonists uh, during this, uh, this debate. So he invited me to draw live with him. And uh, unfortunately, he was one of the cartoonists who was killed. Uh, so during the the, uh, the, the the attacks. Oh, really? And so um, and then um, and then a couple of days after this event, the uh, chief editor of the local regional newspaper, who was one of the panelists in the uh, in the event, uh, called me and just asked me if I wanted to be uh, their sort of staff uh, cartoonist. And so that was really the the starting point of. Uh, my so like so-called uh, like quotation mark like professional career um, as a cartoonist. So I, I did that for seven years while finishing my studies, and then since then I've always always done cartoons, and I and I, uh, I actually use cartoons a lot in my um, in my in my work. Um, so we can yeah we could also talk about that because I mean for me it's not separate. It's really so like yeah there, I, there's a continuum, and and I, and I use cartooning to try and express. Um, like different things, and also touch different audiences uh, than than I do with uh, with with papers or writing or public speaking, for instance. Look, that's a, an incredible story. Uh, also, a very sad story. Was this a friend of yours? Uh, no, we're on, no, we're not friends. Um, so I'm, I mean, in the sense that I, I did, I, I met him uh, only a couple of times after this. Uh, I also met a few of the, so the Charlie Lou cartoonists uh, afterwards in the late 1990s. Um, I did uh, illustrations for the student guide of my uh, university, uh, Sciences Po in Paris, with, um, with two other uh, cartoonists. And so, yeah, I just met them. I had met them a couple of times. Uh, but of course, they were sort of like icons or, yeah, like uh, symbols uh, for me. And so, um, and so I was, yeah, I was, I was ex- extremely shocked um, and, and sad when, uh, I mean, more than yeah. sad, I was, I was, yeah, I was really devastated when, when that happened. I was actually in Paris on the day of the attacks and uh, uh, yeah, and I just, I just, yeah, really couldn't, couldn't stop crying. And, um, but, and actually just quickly, a few, a few months, uh, actually a few weeks later, uh, there was an event at the uh, the Alliance Française in New York uh, about it was called like 
après Charlie. Et il y avait Arch Spiegelman, qui était l'auteur de Mouse, qui était aussi panéliste. Donc, j'ai eu l'occasion d'être sur un panel avec Arch Spiegelman pour parler de la liberté d'expression et de la liberté of the press and, and, and things like that. But likewise, for me, there is a continuum um, um, between being a cartoonist and being a, a data scientist or a political scientist um, and questions about freedom of expression. Uh, you talked about the coronavirus and um, the, the, the role of information, the role of the free press um, is, um, and, and the, the role of cartoonists and journalists. Uh, for me, that's part of the same kind of like vision and some of the, like, yeah, the things I, I believe in and want to work on. So what do you consider yourself then? I mean, what you say, are you a data scientist? Are you a cartoonist? Are you both? Or is that even, are those two not even the, the, um, the descriptions you would characterize your brand as? Um, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a good question because I've, um, I've asked myself, uh, I mean, a few, a few times, um, and I'm being asked also sometimes, but, uh, I've stopped asking myself the question, uh, most, <laughs> mostly because, um, I mean, it sounds a bit, uh, I don't know, pompous or just like basic, but I, I think that you are more what you do, uh, than, uh, any other sort of like, you no know, tagline or, and so, uh. Yeah, so I'm sort of like you know, yeah. As most of us, I'm just uh, yeah. What I what I what I do. So I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm, a, I'm an economic demographer because I have a, a PhD in economic demography, but I'm also sometimes a political scientist. I'm a yeah. I'm a cartoonist because of cartoons. I'm a dad. Um, so yeah, but I I, just, I I really believe that we are just uh, yeah, pretty much uh, our 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 actions. Shoot, labels are bad anyway. Uh, it sounds like you're, you know, just if you want to label it, uh, is, is very successful because you're in very successful in many different areas. Are your cartoons uh, all around uh, humor and politics, or are they straight politics? Sometimes are they always humor? Uh, yeah, it's also yeah. They're mostly, I would say, I would say they're like social. So yeah, social, polit so, so, social, political mostly. Um, they try to be funny. Um, so yeah, I always try to find a second like angle. Um, so it, they are very much. I don't know how much you or, or the um, audience will be familiar with with with, with that, but there is um, they really come from I would say a European tradition um, of of political cartooning, which is. Um, Yeah, which which can be pretty dry. Um, so I don't use symbols, for instance, of a, like you know the dove of peace or things like that. Um, they try to be, uh, yeah, they try to be pretty, uh, pretty acidic. Uh, but and do you put like do you put like data science in all of them too, or some of them have data science, some done? Because one of the ones I have seen your cartoons, they're very good, by the way. And and one of them had a guy sitting out like on the beach. It's raining. And he's looking at his iPad or something. He says, according to my model, it's bright and sunny right now. The weather is wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's, yes. it's raining. Um, uh, so, no, not all of them are about uh, data science or algorithms or, or, or big data. Um, more and more are uh, because I don't have a whole lot of time to, like on, on my hands. Yeah, so I try to like focus my um, the, 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 the time I spend drawing on things that, uh, that can also be useful for Uh, the rest of my work so drawing 
about data science uh, or as I'm doing right now. So the, the, the cartoon that you described um, was done a couple of, um, of, of weeks ago uh, for uh, one of Data Pop's uh, Alliance newsletter. And it's going to be used in a, in a book uh, as an illustration for a book that I'm um, I mean, th- that I'm illustrating uh, about algorithms, which is going to be uh, published in Spain in the next few in the next few months. So, yeah, more and more are about uh, data science as commentary. Makes sense. All right, so let's let's switch a little bit. Um, although that's very interesting, we could probably talk the whole time on that. I know you've had a long academic career. I count at least one bachelor's, couple masters. PhD in fields ranging from mathematics, political science, economics, internal affairs, and then ending up with a PhD with work in demography and population studies. How does one, (laughs) I don't know how to ask this question, how does one assimilate all those different areas of study? What's the common thread? And and kind of give us your history there in terms of your your interests in, in all those different degrees. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's um, there's a, I mean, first of all, I think there's there's a thread. Um, so there are yeah, commonalities in my interests uh, across those different disciplines. Um, also, I mean, you can't be a, a, an expert in, in in all of them. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't consider myself an expert in um, in 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 many or, or or most of them for that for that matter. Um, so I I do have hopefully. <laughs> Um, uh, a, a deeper expertise in economic demography and in demography because that's where I did my, um, I mean, the subject in which I did both my first master's and then uh, my PhD. Uh, but yeah, I do have other, I try to put, to put my work as a demographer in a broader context. Uh, and this context has to be political. You also have to understand uh, yeah, the political economy uh, of societies uh, like math and statistics uh, are like pretty central uh, to, to to demography. So there are lots of um, yeah lots of connections and threads. Uh, but the, the the core of my uh, let's say yeah academic skills are uh, economic demography, and from there I sort of like explored uh, like other other fields. Well, you you must be great at a cocktail party. Debating politics, economics, and then data, which is the central nervous system of the world today. You got it all right there, man. I think you got a leg up with all your studies and, and all you know, the people that you hang around. If you do hang around friends, because you got so many girls and you're doing so many or getting so many degrees. So, so let's talk about dem- demography a bit. In um, kind of to the last comments you made, is you know that I, I would imagine the that field of study is typically broad, but, you know, I, I, I would imagine, but, you know, hopefully you'll tell me that it deals with like population studies, birth, death rates, immigration. I don't know. You fill in the blanks. I'd like to learn a little bit about demography, what you've learned, what you're studying, what intrigues you, what surprises you. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm really happy you asked because 
I mean, demography is um, is uh, is one of those social sciences that is uh, not very well known. Very few people know what demography actually means. So it means the study of of, of population. Um, and uh, yeah, usually these are like small departments in sociology. Uh, there are very few universities where you have a standalone demography department. But I've always found it like like to be fascinating because it's about at the heart, as you mentioned, it's about um, what makes a population the, the way it is. So it's how people live, die, and how they move uh, between those two those two events. Uh, but then it's also there are different branches of demography, like social demography, formal demography, which is which is pretty mathematical, and economic demography. And so economic and social demography uh, touch on let me touches on things like poverty, inequality. Um, so you mentioned migration. Why do people move across uh, boundaries? Why do people go at such length to try and cross the Mediterranean uh, Sea or other uh, you know, borders at the risk of their lives? Um, and so there are lots. When you think about like population as your subject, as your topic of analysis of interest, then there are lots of other variables that you can that you can consider. Uh, but what I find very fascinating about demographies is both the fact that we as demographers tend to look at very long-term trends. So we're not only interested in the short term, we're interested in uh, how technology and population, for example, um, sort of like what was the relationship over time of between population and technology. And of course, today in the age of data, those questions resonate um, like very loudly, but they're they're not novel. Like some someone like Malthus, um, who is one of the greatest demographers of all time, worked on that question more than two hundred years ago. Um, and we're also interested in public health epidemics, for instance. I mean, so studies about the, the Black Death uh, or the Spanish flu are like core, like demographic. Yeah, there's a whole literature on on, uh, on that. And then there are lots of um, tools that demographers use to correct for sample bias, to understand the quality of statistics, the quality of data, the political economy in which the data are collected. So, uh, yeah, so it sounds like a bit of this small, rusty discipline, but I think it's actually very relevant to today's challenges. Since you've done studies on the Spanish flu and coronavirus is the topic of the day, I don't know, maybe it's it's too much of a topic if you'd rather not uh, hit that one. But uh, is there anything you can predict or what you've seen or what you think about the coronavirus, given your studies and your knowledge around uh, Spanish flu and other pandemics of the like? Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's not an easy question, of course. Um, so I've, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, as, you, as you mentioned, I've, uh, I've had the chance to study uh, yeah, quite a few like, topics and subjects, but uh, like public health is not one of them. So I'm, I'm by no means... Uh, an expert in, in public health and in, uh, and in and or in epidemiology. Um, yeah, but still, I think, so I'm trying to think, as a lot of people are, about, like, you know, what, how to react, what this means, what, what's next. So both at a micro-individual level and also at a more, like, macro, like, long-term uh, level. And I think there are a couple of things that, that, that uh, you know, start to sort of coalesce in my mind about the coronavirus. Um, and and the intersection with with with, uh, with with data. So one of them is that yeah clearly there is a lot of room for uh, data, big data, AI, AI approaches for uh, I would say both responding 
to the current crisis. Um, so you've seen that done in China, uh, in, in, in South Korea, also in Singapore. So the use of uh, data and big data for you know, population tracking, etc. And it comes with lots of privacy, uh, lots of privacy questions. But there is there is this sort of um, this 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 possible use of data to actually monitor population dynamics, etc. During during the crisis, um, there's also uh, there's also room, I think, for using uh, data for allocation of uh, of services. Of uh, um, if you have to if you have to send like a, mo- a mobile testing. Um, like unit across a state, like the size of Texas, for instance, you can use AI and machine learning and data to actually optimize like the route. So you would tell this this uh, car or the, those ten cars or hundred cars, this is where you need to drive to actually reach the most uh, the greater the greatest n- number of people possible. So that's one one let's say one area where data uh, can be can be uh, helpful in in such a context then of course there is the the, the epidemiology side with the, the modeling uh, of the spread uh, then there is of course the also the the, the, the core medical field like um, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be possible probably to detect uh, uh, in the future who has uh, the, who has like symptoms based on a based on, uh, on on AI or to predict where there may be uh, cases uh, that may uh, that may uh, occur. But I then I will then say this about the the long term. Like for me, the, my big question right now is, what are we going to learn from that? What are we going to learn from both the the origin, um, the, the the response or the lack of response uh, to of governments? Um, how this where why has it spread or why will it will it have spread so fast? Because we live in a very interconnected world, etc. Because we travel so much, uh, also partly because of climate change. So I'm very interested in trying to think about the deep root causes. And what this may change in the in the in the future. So I'm yeah happy to elaborate a bit on on that if you want. Yeah, please do. I mean, I'm intrigued. Go ahead, continue. So the, the, what I what I described initially, you can think of it as the use of uh, of of AI, of artificial intelligence, or data in uh, in preparedness, in mitigation, in response uh, initiatives to, to to the crisis. So it's you use AI or data or data as an instrument. But I'm also interested in thinking about how you could use or AI as a sort of uh, inspiration, so to speak. And this is this concept of uh, of human AI that I've been you know, thinking, writing about. Um, with, um, in particular, with with people like uh, Sandy Pantland at um, at MIT, who actually coined uh, the term uh, human AI, and so a human AI is, it would be a, a system um, like our world, where humans and and and, and artificial intelligence would um, so would work together, but also where like our social systems would work a bit more the way an AI system works. And how does an AI system works? An AI system being Google Maps, for instance, um, or, or Amazon, that's sort of like run on, on AI. And so what they do is that they are 
very good at doing um, what allows them to reach their uh, objectives. And they learn from data. So this is the gist of, of machine learning. They learn from feedback from, from data. And so I think maybe with this crisis and, and, and others, it's time that we as humans, as societies, learn uh, a bit better from uh, what works uh, and what doesn't work, or that we learn that there are certain things that we do, overconsumption, uh, for example, uh, that lead to, to bad results. And so in, in so like in that sort of light, in this sort of line of argumentation, I'm very interested in, in thinking about and seeing how the world uh, is going to change uh, after the, the coronavirus. What are the things that uh, we will, the sort of habits, the sort of behaviors that will have changed because we will have recognized that these lead to bad outcomes. Are you not worried that like this is going to be over though and everybody's just going to move on versus driving those learnings you're talking about? It's possible. It, yeah, it is possible. And the, the answer is that, That's yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I think it depends on many different things. It depends on the duration uh, of the crisis and the, um, the, the, the depth of the, of the shock. Um, but I think human populations are, I think it's going to be a, a, a large enough uh, effect that some things, will, uh, some things will stay. And I think you start seeing that people, it's a bit like a sobering moment where people uh, like reflect, um, yeah, maybe think back and uh, you stay home with your, with your, with your family, you, you get a better sense, of, a, a sense of, of the importance of some relationships, you get worried about uh, people you like, etc. So, like one thing for sure is that I will, for one, travel uh, way less. Um, I've been traveling a lot for work these past few years, as many of us do, and I think it's just nonsense. I mean, the, yeah, how much uh, CO two I've been emitting traveling around the world makes no sense. I mean, it, what, what I can say at a conference is not worth burning uh, the, the the ocean. So. Uh, I think all of us will need to take a yeah a hard look in the mirror and wonder what we what we can change and hope hopefully at the aggregate level that will uh, make a difference. Very good. So look, I think we've talked about you know, we talked about being a cartoonist. We've talked about uh, data pop. We've delved into many different aspects of data. Um, what, what, what does it mean to be a visiting scholar and fellow at I, uh, MIT? Are you teaching there right now, or are you doing uh, research? I have an affiliation with a with a with a group, um, so which is the so with so like two groups. One is a human dynamics group at uh, at the Media Lab, and the other is um, is another uh, group that is yeah very closely affiliated with it which is called uh, MIT Connection Science and both are headed by uh, Sandy Pentland and so it means that i um, i mean i live in yeah i live in new york I live in brooklyn but I, I, I go there um every yeah every once in a while usually um, either once a month or once a trimester um, i've recently taught a a, a class uh, to visitors from chile uh, at um, at MIT Sloan about uh, big data, AI, uh, open algorithms, and, um, and and development. And we also have uh, 
a network of research affiliates as Data Pop Alliance. And a lot of those people are uh, either current students or former students of the of the of the of the MIT. So it's like being part of a of a of a, of a network formally. You have your hands full, man. You're doing a lot of different things. Very interesting things. Where should our listeners go to learn more about what you're working on? Uh, so I mean, of course, there is uh, there is the um, our website, so uh, datapopalliance.org. And and the, and then on the website there there is there are quite a few resources. So not just about our work, but about uh, like readings and videos. And there is a, a resource uh, section which um, um, and, and and also for my uh, cartoons. If people are interested, I used to have a website, but now it's been down for a couple of years, and I haven't had the time to uh, to work on it. Um, so I have uh, <laughs> really no time, uh, no time. <laughs> and so um, yeah, I have a, a Facebook uh, like a. a web page uh, which is called uh, Man- Manu Cartoons Manu being uh, like my nickname and the, how I sign my cartoons so it's uh, M-A-N-U like Manu Ginobili uh, or Manu yeah. Chao so Manu Cartoons on, um, on, on Facebook so that's where I post uh, yeah, what, I, what I do as a cartoonist A man of many talents okay we will put that in the show notes to make sure everybody knows where to reach you. Hey, I've got a quick game I want to play before we close up shop. You game? This is uh, Would You Rather. In other words, I'll give you two different choices. you got to pick one and you got to you, – you can't um, – I'm not going to be easy on you, you know, this, this or it's no fun. So you got to pick one side or the other. All right? I'm usually not very good Ready? at that. I always try to have it both ways. It's uh... – you want your cake like everybody you want your cake and eat it too i i know how that works we've had a couple people really struggle okay all right but yeah i'd be i'd be uh okay i'll play game all right so i'll say would you rather and we'll make it quick you can and then if you want to say a word or two you can just explain your choice but should be easy america or france spain (laughs) Spain now covers it. <laughs> See, oh, come on, you you you're not gonna give me um, one of those. No, I, okay, I will I will say America because I've been here 15 years. I've had great opportunities. Um, I have three daughters who are um, also American citizens, so I will say America. See, you can do this. Good. All right, code or draw? Would you rather code or draw? Draw. All right, nonprofit or profit? Nonprofit. Any reason for that? Um, well, here, because I think you can actually have it both ways. Um, being a nonprofit doesn't mean that you can't uh, make get money. Um, so practically, you can still make a living. Uh, but still, I very much like the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the spirit of, um, of, of nonprofit. Um, yeah, that's why. All right. Politics or economics? Politics. Uh, Harvard, Harvard or MIT? Oh, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very difficult one. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say MIT because I've spent more time at MIT, and uh, and I really, I really like the, uh, the the MIT Media Lab. Um, so yeah, it went through um, a bit of a, a rough time. Uh, a, couple of months ago with the, the, the resignation of its uh, of its director uh, but it's um, it's it's still a wonderful place where it's uh, yeah it's described as an 
anti-disciplinary place where you have uh, artists, um, activists, scientists, and and there are lots of amazing things that uh, that come out of the of the Media Lab. So yeah, it's pretty yeah it's pretty dear and close to my heart. All right, East Coast or West Coast? Yeah, tough one. I did my PhD at Berkeley, but I've spent. Um, um, it depends on which country. I would say. I guess you're, you're referring to the U.S. Uh, I come from Brittany in France, uh, so I'm more of a West Coast uh, person. But in the context of the U.S., I would say uh, I would say East Coast. And uh, yeah, I, 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 New York drives me crazy at times, but I, I still love New York. You know, my my wife was in New York this week, and this is you know when we got all this Corona stuff. She says there's nobody here. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they're all uh, housed up. All right, Berkeley or Columbia? Berkeley. Big. Open data or closed data? Um, yeah, definitely open data with a capital O and a capital D, meaning that it stands <laughs> um, meaning that it stands for the movement, uh, that it stands for the philosophy, not just about opening up uh, any data, especially personal data. So, yeah, open data as a, as a paradigm, so to speak. Nice. All right. Code for social good or code for economic good? Um, yeah, well, if I had to choose, I would say social good because, um, yeah, because I think economic good or economic welfare sorry, is a bit too narrow. Um, but I would have my, um, yeah, I would have some reservations about four. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this notion of um, yeah, four social good or four, uh, or four good. And it's, it's a longer discussion uh, because I think it should be uh, embedded. It should be so like endogenized in everything we do uh, <laughs> so that it's not just a side project. But to answer your question, I would say for social good. Well, Manuel, thank you for being here. You've been a fabulous guest, extremely knowledgeable. I mean, any one of these topics we could probably spend all day on. So I thank you for, for taking the time to, to be with us. And uh, look, congratulations on your new daughter. And uh, I uh, pray that you're going to have time to do all of the great stuff that you're involved with. Well, I, I, I would, I, yeah, I, be, I, would, I hope I will be able to, to do less uh, I think I think focusing is something that uh, that one has to learn uh, to commit to, and um, and I don't do enough of that. So yeah, I should I should probably focus a bit more. But I'm yeah interested in all of it. But yeah, well, sounds like you're killing all the areas though, and that's 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 all you could ask for. So thank you again. I appreciate it, listeners. Again, thank you. And as I've always stated, Al Martin talks data at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Till next time, we'll see you on the podcast. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Making Data Simple podcast, where we make data fun. Be sure to visit ibmbigdatahub.com forward slash podcasts to access the show notes and uncover even more great episodes. Remember, the views expressed here are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily represent the views of IBM. Until next time, let's go over and out. Oh.